note about bug changes, fixes, things like okay. that. Okay. <laughs> Here's something funny. I okay. hit re- start streaming instead of recording. <laughs> oh, we are live. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 shut, I shut it off. Okay. I shut it off. <laughs> you start over? That's awesome. Oh, my God. I'm not used to the button being the, bo- the top one. <laughs> Recording's yeah. usually on the top. That's great. Oh, uh, Miss Envy called me, and then everyone uh-huh. texted me. Um, so yeah, you're uh, like, uh, Steve? <laughs> you're you're live. I'm like, oh shit. That's great. Uh, anyway, hello everybody. Welcome to Faction Wars, a new world podcast. Hey Taylor, how are you? Hi Steve. Uh, no technical difficulties here. Definitely. Yeah. Oh no, not. I'm le- I'm leaving that other part in. Like that other oh, part. Perfect. Yeah. The I was just live part. That's staying in. So we could just roll with the punches. Th- this is what this is. <laughs> this is what this is. Dual screens. This is how we do things. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Faction Wars, everyone. Okay, so how much? How much did we get? Was it just the? Literally nothing. So. Okay. <laughs> So yes, the show is late, as you could tell. This this week, uh, we had a lot of personal things go up. Joe's got a bunch of uh, his wife with the teeth and all that stuff need emergency stuff. He's got to be super dad. Uh, your kids are were under the weather, so we're recording this like really late. We're recording this on Sunday night. Um, and as you and the the last thing you were getting into before I realized we were live and not recording. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was uh the in true faction wars fashion something happened after last week's show yeah this has happened three or four times now so i'm starting to think that amazon game studios is doing it intentionally to spite us but the day after the show went up last week uh they put out the patch notes and the blog post for the january ptr uh we had absolutely no news (sighs) over on the last show and literally 24 hours later, they're like, oh, here's this giant news dump of all the stuff that's <laughs> going to be coming out this month. Like, oh, man. So, but, we'll, we'll be going over that today, talking about the, the recent patch as well. Uh, but it, yeah. Last week's week week show was good, too. Like, I, I enjoyed your, your back and forth with, jo- with, uh, with Joby, as I like to call him. That was very good. I, yeah, I've started to uh, find that those shows where we don't have, like, big patch notes to go through are, are starting to become some of my favorites, because we can just talk about the dumb shit that we do in this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's really fun. And the so, dumb shit others do in this game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Speaking of dumb shit, before we jump in, I was playing with Joe the other day, and I was just fighting mobs. I was, I was you know, mining for resources and stuff. Yeah. And there was this mob that spawns on a star metal node up in Morningdale. Um, you know, they, it's like the corrupted miners. And right. So they're mining it. Uh, and the star metal node had been mined by someone who came running through before. And so I, they were just, you know, mining nothing, of course. So I go up, I start fighting them or whatever, but then the star metal node respawns while I'm fighting these guys. And they don't know what to do because I'm now, hidden inside the star metal node oh no like i was standing on top of it and so they just stop fighting and immediately go back to their normal like you know yeah. idle animation where they're mining the star metal node and i was like weird what am i gonna do 
I mean, obviously I could like fast travel or unstuck or whatever, but I'm like, I want, I want to like mine these resources. And so right. I just, the, the mine prompt wasn't popping up, but I was like, maybe I, I can do it. So I just hit E and I started mining the node from inside of the node uh-huh. and popped out like solid snake from a, a cardboard box <laughs> and finished killing these guys. Was, Remember really their fun. vision is based on movement. Yeah, exactly. So I, <laughs> I, uh, I pulled a little trickery on him. That's funny. Yeah, this game does a lot of fun stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of hope that, like, they don't patch out the jank, if I'm honest. Like, I like the silliness Yeah. of it all. Yeah. I mean, there there are certain things that I I, I think everyone wants to see fixed. But, like, mm. some of the weird animations and stuff. I'm yeah. sure everyone has seen this. But, like, there are certain metal nodes that when you go up to mine them your character just starts bouncing yeah you know and you like bounce as you mine it and it looks really silly yeah. i love that that's like one but of my favorite things I, I i get the uh infinite speed uh over encumbrance animation i don't know if you I've, i'm still getting yeah. that one that one's fun where you just like you're literally just super speed um there was that one but i i, I what i want to do can we do this maybe oh we should do this as a, as a youtube show we should do a role play set like a role get on a separate server as yeah. like two brothers and role play in in a world just like let like do the local chat and everything mm-hmm. just role play and anytime something janky happens like they have to react as if it's happening to them in real life like in i are, like life. this is really yeah. happening like they can't explain it they're in a new world they didn't they they don't know anything of this magic they yeah. like we'll just use bows arrows muskets swords like no magic or anything like that so like when we see magic for the first time we freak the fuck out like we just do it like we're compl- like literally yeah. our boat landed over here and we have no idea what's going on we're like for real 16th century like explorers <laughs> right right i would i think that would be hilarious we should definitely do that yeah that'd, that'd be really funny Folks, if you don't know what the hell you're listening to, it's very simple. This is Faction Wars. <laughs> this is uh, a New World podcast. This is uh, the Internet's number one New World podcast uh, hosted by a bunch of idiots you never heard of. Probably. Ain't that right? That is true. <laughs> now, Faction Wars, we post every single week on YouTube as well as the podcast listening device of your choice. Yeah, whatever service you use, uh, we're on there pretty much. Uh, if we're not, let us know. We'll investigate it. Um, I did put us in for pretty much everything. I think um, there's one that's being a pain in the ass. I forget which one. Um, it's not iHeartRadio. Um, oh, it's um, Pandora is being a pain in the ass. Uh, I didn't even know Pandora had podcasts. I I don't even know if I didn't even know Pandora was still around, which might be yeah. why I'm get I'm having difficulty because nothing works. Mm-hmm. Every email that we you're supposed to get like. One of those, hey, check your email for the verification. Like nothing ever yeah. comes through. It's like, all right, whatever. So, um, I mean, it's Pandora. I'm not worried about it. Surprisingly, all of the people that actually worked at Pandora left in 2011. <laughs> and it's just like the machines are still running kind of a thing. Yeah. Was Pandora the one that started as, no, that was Shazam, right? The one that started as like a, what's this song app? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was Shazam. But Pandora was the one where they would curate the music for you. Right, so you yeah. would like yeah, that was the choose an one, yeah. artist or a song or an album or something that you liked. And they would say, okay, based off of that, we think you'll like this. And then you like yeah. thumb it up or down. Yeah, I remember that. And, yeah, and that's basically Spotify now. 
Yeah. Spotify does. They all do that, really. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, the tangent. That's we don't have time for tangents, Taylor. I know we're <laughs> running behind our. <laughs> What's going it, on here? For those of you that are listening on iTunes, especially though, if you could leave us a review, that would be very, very helpful for yes. us. Uh, iTunes has recently changed the way they do reviews too. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening on other platforms but have an iOS device, go download our show, listen to an episode, play it while you're sleeping. Play it while yeah. you're driving. Play yeah, absolutely. it for you know for your kid while they're you know while you want them to be distracted. Yep. Uh, get a play on there so that you can leave a review for us on iTunes uh, because it helps us out a ton. That if you want dope. to support the show even more, you can go to Patreon.com/NDSPodcasts. Just like our Patreon producers, Colton the Apprentice, Nestler, FNH Paul, and Vegas Girl on Fire. This show literally would not exist without all of your generous support. So thank you all so, so much. Yes, thank you very much. Um, this the, 2021 was a <clears throat> the the most funding we've gotten from Patreon. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, in calendar year. We've had better, like, months where we've had really big months. But, like, we've had steady supporters all through 2021. And we honestly cannot be more thankful for all of that so thank you guys so much we appreciate that as a side note we did just release our game of the year show as well so if you're interested to hear what my game of the year uh steve's game of the year Mm -hmm. and some of the other contributors to dual screens are go listen to that on the uh cross play feed yes indeed all right we did get a five-star review but no text was written so thank you to the person who did a five-star review thank you very much Steve, let's jump right in and talk about the January PTR and some Ooh. of the changes coming to PVE content in yes. the world. PVE, so, that's what I'm interested in the most. PVE. Let's go. In my opinion, some of the best content in this game are the dungeons. I think the dungeons, all of them, all, Amrine all the way up, are all very fun to do. I, I thoroughly enjoy them. But the issue is, once you out-level it, they become so easy. I could run through Amrine and probably solo it at this point, mm. and, you know, with my gear and stuff. I'm not quite sure what that means, like, as far as what the missions are called. Like, I just, I cannot pay attention to any of that stuff. Yeah. I just go through. Amrine is the very, very first dungeon that you do. Oh. So. Oh, is that it, what it's, it's called? It's the one where you, yeah, okay. Amrine excava- Excavation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. okay. I just think of that as the dog one. Yeah, the dog one. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I could probably go through and solo it at, at this point if the game would let me. You obviously have to have at least three people. But, like, they're, they're super easy once you out-level it. Mm. But they're making some changes to PvE content that's going to make these expeditions far more challenging. So, introduced in the January PTR that you can go download and play right now, they have added expedition modifiers called mutators so right, yeah, with I remember this, yeah. the mutator system they, they talked about this a little bit in the dev blog that they yep. did the, the developer update uh the way that the mutator system works is after completing one of the three end game dungeons for the first time in a week that is uh flagged as the mutator of the week you then have 10 difficulty levels that you can go through with added um, modifiers and, and gameplay changes to the mobs that you're fighting. Mm. So that includes Dynasty ship, Shipyard, 
Genesis and Lazarus Instrumentality. So those are the three that they're highlighting right now. I have been playing these Expedition uh, Mutators a little bit. I'm going to explain them the way that I understand them because I feel like the blog post does not do a great job doing it. Mm. As, so. as far as like, I, I'm just going to give you what, what, like, I'm not one of those people that digs very, very deep into this information before we record. Um, I, I, you actually mostly bring this stuff to me, but the, the way I understand it and correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, um, is it basically randomizes some of the content inside the dungeon as far as enemies, or it'll take some things away, like make healing do, you know, heal you less or like, It'll just give you little miscellaneous challenges that you don't, you can't really prepare for. So you kind of just show up and you're like, okay, what's different? Let's figure it out. Oh, it's these enemies. Okay, everybody put on your, those weapons or whatever. Like you have to carry a little bit more in with you to be a little bit more prepared for anything. So you can actually see what the mutators are ahead of time. So they'll oh, tell you okay. at each difficulty level what the mutators are and what they do. Um, so starting at level one, there will be a couple of modifiers. And typically, the, one of the first ones that you'll see is an elemental modifier. So the enemy within that dungeon will take reduced X element damage and right. deal increased X element damage. And they're okay. the same. So like for Dynasty recently, it was Void. So they took less Void damage and they dealt increased Void damage. Mm. So that's, that's one of the first ones that they do. As you get into higher difficulties of these mutators, they also add interesting um, mechanics that you don't normally have to deal with, you know, that you've never had to deal with before. So it'll be things like, after getting X number of hits on enemies, a global debuff will hit your entire team that drops, like, these big pools on the ground. And if you're in the pool... It will um, increase the amount of damage you take and decrease the wow. amount of healing that you receive or something. That's that's a so, very interesting way to change things up. I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it requires you to move around a little bit more. And then it, when you get to the even higher difficulty tiers, um, it makes it so that you don't regenerate mana if you proc this global debuff unless you're standing in the pool. So it then adds a little bit of risk and reward and you have to decide, well, is it even worth running in this with mages? Like, right. obviously we have to have a healer. So our healer is going to have to stand in here. So we, you know, maybe it'll be good to run like a main tank and an off tank to make sure that all of the aggro is staying away from our healer so that they can regen mana while they're standing in these pools and stuff. Right. Because if they get hit, they're going to take a ton of damage kind of a thing. It, it's so, al it's almost like they took like mechanics from <clears throat> excuse me like mechanics that were maybe like it kind of feels like a little bit more like a final fantasy 14 boss fight or yeah. or like a um uh world of warcraft boss fight like those enemies that okay he's spawning those pools we everybody move you know left you know whatever uh okay uh here comes these other things you every you know ranged yeah. stack 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 and like all the range people go in there and stack like it seems like they're taking those very similar or those very popular i should say um mmo style boss fights and battles and like kind of bringing yeah. it into what they already established instead of making new 
dungeons, new bosses, and new content like that. They're kind of augmenting these while they work on, you know, further expansions, I, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. And I, so far, in the couple that I've ran, A, they definitely feel more difficult. Um, it, it feels like a real challenge. Like, you're you're going to have to have the best of the best gear. You're going to have to have gear that makes it so that you take less damage versus certain types of enemies. Make sure that you have your right trophies, honing stones, weapon coatings, like everything that you can to give you an advantage uh, in these fights because they're they're tough. Even at the, the lower difficulty levels, mm. if you're not prepared going in, they're going to punch you in the face. Punch you right in the face. Yeah. Okay, the, cool. the first couple don't feel too much more difficult, but once you get up to like even three or four, you're like, okay, yeah, I can really feel the uptick here. Mm. So let's talk about the way that you progress in these. Uh, because the, the progression is uh, a system that I think is personally really cool. It combines um, kind of that like score chasing factor of arcade games, like chasing the high score. They have three different medals that you can get, bronze, silver, and gold. Bronze medal is essentially a participation trophy. Like oh. you, it, everyone will get a bronze, even if you end up with like negative 10,000 points or whatever. All right. Well, at least it's something. You have to hit at least silver to be able to advance to the next difficulty. And if you hit gold, then your rewards for that tier will be increased. And the rewards are important. We'll get to that in a minute. And there are a bunch of different factors that go into your score modifier. So the the big ones are the number of enemies total that you kill, the number of named enemies that you kill, the number of times that your te uh, teammates die and have to respawn, the number of times that your team wipes, and the amount of time that it takes for you to get through the dungeon. So those are kind of the big factors that go into your score and your multiplier at the end. Huh. So a perfect run means you finish in under a certain amount of time with no team deaths or wipes and you kill all of the enemies within the dungeon. Sounds fair enough. Yeah, that'll that'll get you a gold. Sweet. Um, it gets tough quickly because you're wanting to go fast, but then going fast, you start like panicking and pulling additional mobs and doing all kinds of stuff. Right. Like it, it gets very chaotic quickly and enemies are in different placements or are obviously like different types of enemies and stuff. Like it, it's crazy. So I, I can see these if you're not prepared, getting very chaotic very quickly, but my yeah. initial impression is they're really fun. Like I've I've enjoyed them so far. It's kind of a breath of fresh air and it is super rewarding. They have drastically increased the drop rates for powerful gear in these dungeons uh, for killing named mobs. So they feel even more rewarding to do. Like you are still getting decent drops in these dungeons, especially, you know, Genesis and Laz. Um, when you, when you just did them normally, but they, they like really ratcheted it up. They are dropping a ton of stuff for you and it feels really good. So I'm, I'm excited about this. And then there's another reward system on top of that in the umbral shard system. Before we jump into that though, 
gut check as someone who hasn't even done the base level of these expeditions yet, except for maybe Dynasty. How are you feeling? I think this is a <clears throat> content that is for um, the skilled because um, it, it takes knowing how all the systems work together, knowing weaknesses, knowing all of that stuff and not being a casual player like I, I call myself. I, I'm, a, I'm a hardcore casual. I will casually play something a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? But I don't cross that path into knowing the minutia, knowing the, you know, how the how the car is is made. Like, I, I don't look into that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm more of a, how does it feel? Does it feel good? Are the numbers going up? Am I getting rewards? Do I get cool gear? Do I look cool? Do the, are the enemies cool? You know, is the combat fun? Like, that's what I care about. So this kind of content scares me a little bit because I just don't know. But put it this way. I would never seek this content out um, because I don't know enough about the game. And I'm not sure this is the type of game mode that veterans of the game would really be able to start teaching the less skilled players how to play because of being being scored on how good the team is. There's a lot more riding on having those skilled players already in the group. So I feel like this is very this is content for the best of the game. The the people who are the best at the game, which there are a lot. I mean, it's not a very difficult game to get into. I just don't I didn't have the bandwidth to really dive in like like some others. Um so there's plenty of that and I think that's important. Let me make that clear. It's important that guys like you have this. Um like super important. For me, it's not the thing that I that would make me go, oh, yay, like this is awesome. We'll get into that a little bit later as you go down the, the rest of the uh, PTR stuff. But um, but that's that's very I think that's really awesome for for the the end game and the high skilled players for sure. Yeah, I, I think it'll be nice. It'll add a breath of fresh air. There has been a little bit of a blowback um, from the community in the announcement of this. Um, obviously Reddit is a, a big complaining pants pile of babies. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to say it now. I love you Reddit, but there's a lot of big babies on Reddit. Um, so Reddit, they are freaking out because with this, they are bringing an increase to the max gear score. They're raising it from 600 to 625. Oh my the way that you can go from 600 to 625 is with the umbral shard system. Right. I read about this too. Yeah. So they actually, when they initially announced this, they, they have made some changes since originally with the umbral shard system, you were going to have to get a piece of equipment that was at gear score 600, which is the current cap right now and pretty difficult to get. Um, and you also had to increase your expertise up to 600. Right now, your expertise is capped at 590. So right at the drop of this, you would be behind. Even if you had all 600 gear, you would have to go from that 590 to 600. Uh, so that's thing number one. Thing number two is the fact that your your gear that you can upgrade from 600 to 625 with Umbral Shards has to be 600. People were like... It is so difficult to craft 600 gear score items. I have this really, really nice ring that is 598. 
this actually applies to me personally. I spent a, like 30,000 coins on a, a pretty nice pretty nice ring for a healer that has all of the best in slot stuff that you need. But it's 598. It's two gear score lower, so it doesn't have the extra perk. It's it's not legendary. But it's really good in everything that I need. And getting a 600 gear score ring would probably double or more the cost of that ring with the same perks. So I, for very minimal upgrade. So that's kind of frustrating, right? Not everyone has all 600 gear in, in every slot, and it's really difficult to get that. So since then, Amazon Game Studios has kind of walked that back. You can actually upgrade any piece of equipment now starting from 590 up, which is way, way easier to get. Like, significantly easier. Huh. So you can then bump those pieces as low as 590 up to 600 with a small amount of umbral shards. And and people are complaining about that? No, people were complaining oh. that it was just the 600 gear score stuff, and they actually oh. changed it. Oh, and they changed it. it. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I was gonna say, like, you know, j- from the outside looking in, because I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not the consumer of that of that content just yet. From the outside looking in, it's like everybody who grinds and does this calls it a grind because it's a grind. Grind isn't always a good thing. Sometimes there are a such thing as needless grind or unfair grind or you know, just monotonous grind. And then the devs listen, they make a slight change. And I was hoping that they would be receptive to that because like as a player, that's going to be approaching that in the next couple of days or weeks. Like, yeah, that'd be cool. Like not have to struggle to get something at 600 gear score, you know, like that's, that's dope. Like that's a, that's a cool idea. For, for context, I have played this game for probably getting close to 800 hours now. And I have, two two pieces of gear that are 600 Mm. so and and granted i've had some pretty bad luck and stuff that i've crafted and things like that but still like two pieces of gear 800 hours yeah that's that's i i would i would have almost nothing to upgrade once this came out so with them upping it to 590 all of my stuff's above 590 so that's perfect I'm, i'm really excited about that but the reward for completing these different tiers of the mutated gen- dungeons are these umbral shards. This is what you use to upgrade your gear. The The disparity of rewards between tier 1 and tier 10, Steve, is mm. nuts. This isn't in the blog post, by the way. I, I saw a, a breakdown of this. At tier 1, you can get up to... 40 umbral shards. And you hear that and you're like, oh, 40. That's not bad. I want you to just guess based off of that. So actually, it's 40, 60, and then 90 for tier 1, 2, and 3. Okay. I want you to guess what the reward is for tier 10, given the first three tiers. Okay, so logic would say 120, 150, 180, 220... Logic would say it's like 300, but I'm going to say because of how you set this up, 1200. 30,000. What? 30,000. 30,000? <laughs> like a thousand multiplier? Yeah. A thousand oh. multiplier. Hang on. Let me double check and make sure that's that's correct. 
That's it's a sorry, sorry, sorry. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. But still. That's still a lot though. Ten thousand. Wow. Okay. Hey, listen. Give give me give me like, them, give me them shards, bro. I I don't even want to know how many shards it's gonna take. Because I've I've ran a couple of these, but I haven't really like got into the umbral shard system to right. see what it was like i just wanted to like test out the the dungeons and honestly like i haven't really enjoyed playing the ptr because it feels like i'm wasting my time it's nice to like get in there and kind of see the content a little bit but i don't want to like dump a bunch of time upgrading gear that is just gonna like disappear into e the ether right. i don't even want to know how many umbral shards it's gonna cost to go from like 620 to 625 even because you know that that's going to be like a, an exponential scale. Yeah. Well, based off of how much the, the tier 10. That's that's a lot, dude. 10,000 is yeah. a lot. That's a lot. It. I mean, that means it's probably going to be. All right. I'm, I'm just going to take a, a guess that they're going to want you to run a level 10, 10 times. To move up one point from 620 to 625. So I'm going to say it is 10,000 times 10. So yeah, I think you're going to, you're looking at a hundred thousand of those shards to get to max gear score if you're at 620 or whatever. So let's, let's think of it's like 600 then. Like if you're starting at 600, it would be a hundred thousand per five. So yeah, wow, yeah, two point five million, right? Is that math? Is that how math works? That's that's math. That's math, many. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. They uh -oh, they made lied. some changes. Okay, they I made lied changes. a little bit. Okay, they made changes. Okay. So this this is the most this is the most up to date stuff. Okay. So they they give you a scale for upgrading your stuff. Starting at upgrading, um, each level of gear score. One shard from 600 to 601, then two, three, four, five, six, eight. You know, it, it gets pretty easy. But then to go from 624 to 625, it's 2500. Okay. Okay. So, but I, I was wrong on, on the numbers for the results. So if you get a perfect run, so this is perfect run, okay. Mutation one, 40, 60. 80, 120, 200, 800, 1500, 2000, 4000, 6000 is now the top tier. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's a little bit better, I guess. Yeah, that's a little a, bit better. A little better. A yeah. little better. Less scary. But still, still, that's a perfect run at tier 10, the most difficult content in the game. Nobody's getting that. <laughs> no. Nah, somebody will get it. Somebody will get it. We'll feel bad about it. We'll be like nerds, oh, and yeah. that'll be the end of it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, that that jump even still from mutation one to mutation ten, forty to six thousand. Mm. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. So, I I'm interested to see how how the system actually plays out, how people enjoy it. But me too. Time will tell couple of other can't, can't changes. wait to get your report <laughs> yeah a couple of other decent changes coming though a uh, couple of tweaks to outpost rush they've made it so that 
Summoning Brutes cost more um, because for those of you that have played out post-rush, no, Brutes are a pain in the ass. They have massive health pools and they're super easy to summon. So they've increased the cost of Brute Summoning by 50%. Made a couple of tweaks to combat um, as well as increase the perk pool on a couple of items. They have decreased the fast travel cost by... A pretty significant amount. Which means there's going to be even more Azoth out in the world. Uh, they also slightly nerfed the aptitude crates. So you're going to be receiving a few less bottles of Azoth from your aptitude upgrades. Which is fine. Yeah, you, you were hoarding that shit. <laughs> I, I wasn't even hoarding it, Steve. Like, I, I use it a lot. I fast travel everywhere I go. I don't care how much I weigh. Like, if I see a fast travel that costs... 400 Azoth, I'm like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. And then I just spam click my bottles. I still have 220 bottles of Azoth now. <laughs> because I just get so many from all of these aptitude crates. That's awesome. To, to put it in perspective, I would get, in a given day, probably four or five aptitude crates a day. If I go out on, like, a gathering run or something, and am also working on, like, refining and crafting. Right. I'll, I'll probably get four or five a day. Uh, across those four or five, I would probably get 30, wow. 35 bottles of Azoth. And each of them are worth 50 Azoth. Like, they just stack up so fast. So They've reduced the number that you get per cash by one to two. And they've also removed them from the first cash in the wheel. Um, so that should help balance it out a little bit, even though the cost for fast traveling has been decreased. So those are the big things that they highlight in this update. There was also some patch notes for the PTR. I really don't feel like going into the patch notes. Yeah. I mean, if they, unless there's anything that really jumps out at you, we don't have to do that. Yeah. it, It just, I don't know. It's not worth it. Um, the other big thing that they don't highlight here, though, that I think is important for those of you that are crafting dungeon keys, is they have now made uh, the corrupted slivers and all of their larger permutations tradable, which means that you don't have to farm portals by yourself, or you can farm portals with your company, and if you are the key crafter, they can then funnel you those resources. See, that that's, that's nice. Yeah, that, yeah, that's good. Those used to be bind on pickup, and so you couldn't share them or anything. So mm. if you were crafting keys, you had to go out and do it personally. They've also decreased the cost on uh, some of the key crafting um, components. Yeah, that was something you like, were complaining about recently. Yeah. It just takes so many moats. So they decrease the amount of elemental moats you need. They decrease the number of unique items that you need to craft these keys. They've kind of smoothed that out a little bit to make it easier. They made it so that you can now craft two Lazarus keys per week instead of one. Uh, they also made it so that you can buy one Lazarus key and one Genesis key from your faction vendor. So there, there will be a bunch more keys being injected into the economy now. Uh, and it will make it so that more and more people can run these dungeons. Um, I wish I we could get it's... one of the devs on the show because I, I, I just I, I want to know like what what the logic is behind making your higher end content after characters 
finish the story after they're fully leveled up like why did they get why did they make it out the gate so prohibitive to do that content like they want you to do that content right like they're building that content they're augmenting that content and then they put this like massive wall in front of you actually being able to do it with these crafting these keys and stuff but i'm glad that they're changing it obviously but like just from a design perspective i'd like to question quiz them on that one yeah it a lot of things in this game at the end game uh are all stuck behind time gates you know your your highest level uh refining materials you can only make 10 in a 24-hour period. All of the elite zones in the game, the, the best chests that offer the best gear are on 24-hour cooldowns. Mm. You can only craft one key to the best dungeon every week and, and three to the next best. Like, it's it's all stuck behind time gates, and it's kind of frustrating. You know, even the, the gypsum system that's been out for about a month now those are all on 24 hour cooldowns too. Everything is just about managing cooldowns and there's not a global cooldown and like weekly reset timer. So all of your shit is on like different cooldowns and you have to remember when you ran what things so that you're not running it without getting rewards and stuff like it. It's frustrating. You know, I I would love to see them change that. I wonder if this is, if that was a way to encourage companies like you could solo sure but we want you to get in a company that can make these do these runs together if you're in a company and you have a core group of five of you you could do these things five times if you really want to Mm -hmm. um i don't know maybe that was the the design philosophy behind it yeah it could be but either way hopefully we can see some changes to that soon the other small piece of news that we have is this week they recently released patch 1.2.2. couple of small fixes here. One, uh, they made it so that uh, tier 3 of the crafting aptitude specifically, so that's like your jewel crafting, your furnishing, things like that, are more rewarding. Um, they wanted to give larger quantities... Uh, of those and they wanted to make it so that you could make more at once because people were running into this bug that like saved up let's say like cooking for example they saved up a bunch of materials and they craft 10,000 meals at once or whatever but the game was bugged to where they could only gain three full rings of aptitude at a time and then all of the experience after that didn't count Mm. And so they wasted thousands of gold worth of materials because yeah. of that. Yeah. So they fixed that issue. They removed a couple of, um, I, I'm trying to understand this. They said they were work in progress quest lines that were missing some aspects, notably the rewards. So there are five quests that they just took out of the game that hmm. were in the game previously. Okay. That seems like something that should be worked out in a PTR. But, yeah. I don't know. You know, a little bit weird. When it comes to the quests, I had this little idea. You know how you could toggle PvP on, and now you can choose, you know, which, I guess, level of these mutation dungeon shits you're going to do. 
yeah. you know, to make things more difficult for yourself. What if there was a, a mode where you can that you can toggle that will make all of the quests that you're doing your level? It'll scale with you, mm. only you, whatever. It'll always be your exact level. You won't be more powerful. You won't be less powerful. So that you, anytime you feel like doing it, you'll get appropriate experience points, appropriate gear, all that fun stuff. But only like the main quest or like maybe the main quest and like your, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, the, the skill quests or something like that. Like the, yeah. all that stuff will scale with you so that when you do decide to do it, it's not a waste of time because you're doing level 14 quests at level 52 <clears throat> fishing quest. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That that was just an idea that I had. Like you could turn it on, like level scaling for mission for for quest for main line story quests. I thought that would be a pretty cool idea. Yeah, I that would then mean that those story quests would need to be instanced instead of just being like open world, though, which I think could cause some issues because a lot of their bugs stem from coming in and out of instanced content well i mean less like the enemies could still be like lesser i guess but like or maybe it skip like maybe it fakes it where it scales you down or something like that but like behind the scenes but yeah. then when the rewards come they're for your level you know what i mean sense. like something something like under the hood where it works where like don't worry it's going to be fun it's going to be challenging you know you're not wasting your time it, you know I mean, not to say yeah. that it's not like if I'm I'm level 50 something, 53, 54, 55, something like that. When I run through a level 30, 35 mob, I could get my ass kicked. Sure. <laughs> like if there's like six or seven of them, it could be tough. So mm -hmm. it's not like it's um it's a walk in the park, but like the gear isn't worth it. You know, when you when you out level your missions, it's like, I don't want to do this, but whatever, I guess I have to because um, the honestly, the gear is just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And especially now that I'm in endgame so that XP doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's no point in me going and cleaning up some of these side quests and stuff that I didn't. I still do it just because, like, it's fun and a lot of times I'll offer a decent amount of coin. But the amount of time that it takes to do some of these or where I'm at in the game is just, like not worth it that know? fishing quest was fucking horse shit sending oh, me all over the going. map it, it gets worse steve <laughs> there's one there's one step in that quest line where it's like all right now just get to fishing level 100 and at that point if you're just doing that quest line as your sole amount of fishing you're like i'm at level 36 what the <laughs> fuck do you mean get to fishing level 100 <laughs> like it just they, the the best way to do it, and this is a hot tip, if you're interested, the best way to do it is to literally hotspot hop. You go one hotspot. When the fish die, you go to the other hotspot. You get and you just keep going. You know, you have people tell you where the fish are jumping, and you just go jump spots. That's the only way. Like, you can level three to five at per per hotspot per you know when the fish are jumping you could get three or five levels pretty three to five levels pretty easily um that's the only way there's no they need to make it where you if you fillet the fish or the squid or whatever the shit when you scrap them you should be getting xp for fishing yeah i agree buttheads okay anyway all right a couple of other uh, small changes fixing uh, a couple of bugs um around 
players jump jump canceling when they're shooting the bow. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but there's also an animation cancel with the void blade where if you do the like lunging heavy attack with the void blade and then immediately put down oblivion, which is like this pool of purple stuff on the ground Mm -hmm. you like go skating super far um and it's it's further than any other dash in the game without any cooldown at the end of it Mm, um that's kind of cool though that yeah they fixed it just as i was like figuring out how to do it they they removed it from the game um they also fixed some issues with a couple of named bosses that were supposed to drop uh legendary trophy materials that just have not been in the game since launch you used to not be able to get the legendary uh beast or the legendary angry earth trophy materials and now they're in the game so that's been fixed they also fixed the drop rates on a, a couple of other um a couple of other mobs as well um And then there's this bug happening in Wars. It's Wars mostly, but it can happen in Outpost Rush 2 for PvP, where if disease or slow gets applied to you in very specific circumstances, and I'm not going to talk about exactly what triggers it, uh, and you die, you have that affliction on you for the rest of the instance. So, for (laughs) example, if you are in a war and the other team knows how to trigger this thing and they happen to get you within the first five minutes of the war, you then are running at half speed for the remaining 25 minutes of the war. Or if you have disease, your health is slowly ticking down and cannot heal past a certain point, which is usually fairly low, about half of your health or so. For the rest of the war. Well, well, like, that, well that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. So I'm they, glad they, I'm glad they called they, that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They claim that they fixed it in in these patch notes. We had a a war after these after this patch went live, and someone was still getting the slow bug. I think they fixed mm. the disease issue. Okay. But people are still getting the perma slow. Which is so, so detrimental. Like, you, you're basically down a person the, the remainder of the war. And the way to fix it has been kind of... Or the way to reproduce it has been more widespread recently. So if you have oh bad boy. actors on your server, keep an eye out for it. It has to it do out. with the void gaunt, or the uh, ice gauntlet. So... If you see people using a lot of ice gauntlets, just be wary that 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 could happen. I played around with the ice gauntlet not too long ago. Just messed around with it. It's cool. It's a fun weapon. Yeah, I was doing a quest that was actually my level, and I found one that wasn't too much of a drop-off. And I was trying to get those floating balloons because I couldn't reach it with my my axe, my throwing Mm -hmm. axe. So I just put that on, and I was like, oh, this kind of feels okay. So messing around with that a little bit. Um. Okay. All right. I think that's gonna do it for the news this week. Uh, let's jump into our tips and tricks. Yes. This is something that's kind of been around for a little while, but I still see a lot of people that don't know about this. Um, if you hold down block and jump, you can climb up the side of mountains. Oh, like pretty steep slopes. Please you don't can, tell me this. 
Skyrim your ass. Oh my god. Mountains. You know how helpful that would be? Alright, yeah. I need to do this. So hold down block and jump. And it makes it so that you grab ledges easier. You mm. you climb up pretty steep slopes easier. Please don't patch you that can, You can get to uh, the boss in Mangled Heights without having to fight anything else. So if you're just going <sighs> to like farm for the weaponsmithing hat or something, you can just like jump up the mountain to that elite zone and just farm that boss without having to fight anyone else. That's wonderful. Yeah. Really, really fun thing. Um a lot of people are using this, but if you haven't seen it, make sure you utilize it. There's a lot of uh, very important areas that you can use, mm. utilize this in. Mangled Heights is one. Up in Mirkgard, which is uh, probably the most difficult elite zone in the game, there's an area where you can jump up to a spot that you can place a camp. So you can then put a camp down. So you have a camp halfway through Mirkgard. So that if you die, you're not sent back to your camp right at the very beginning. Or, heaven forbid, you're too far from that. And you're sent all the way back to town and your run is just scuffed. Mm. So, yeah, that would suck. Yeah. Pretty useful. Hold block and jump. All right, Steve. Let's talk about the weapon of the week and then we are going to get out of here. Indeed. Yet. And this one, I have stuff written down. Um, this came to me today when I was thinking about everything. Usually I improvise this. Week mm -hmm. one, I had an idea already. Every other time I did this was improvised. So this one comes from the east, the far east, mm -hmm. or the far west, depending on where you're traveling from. I have the idea for a katana, okay. a.k.a. the samurai sword. Now, I know what you're saying. Oh, man, not another blade. Just a sword? Nay. My idea has two, the two trees, one being the samurai, the, the tree of the, you know, the way of the samurai, and the other one is the way of the Bushido. And the samurai is all about blocking counters um, and doing dealing massive counter damage, like off of your blocks and your parries. Um, kind of like uh, Sekiro's. Right, exactly, bit. exactly. Okay. But you have the defensive capabilities, you have like shoulder thrust and stuff like that. So you're kind of basically having one side of your tree be a mix of the two trees from sword and shield. Sure. So you have like a little bit of that in there. And then the Bushido is all about stealth and positioning. So the Bushido is all about rolling, getting behind your opponent and dealing massive damage in, in those kinds of things. So it's a little bit like the rapier. Um, okay. so it's, it makes your stance a little bit like those come from a different stance. So think Ghost of Tsushima where, you know, one, the sword is up over his head and just does like wild stabs and whatever, like that's more fluid, like the, like the water one. So like your, those attacks look more fluid and it's more about getting behind and dodging and not getting hit. Whereas the samurai is about standing in front of your opponent, being patient and waiting for them to attack and parrying and dealing massive damage um, and stuff like that. So those are, those are my ideas for, for that. Like one would be, I guess, uh, what is it? Grit, I believe. Yeah. Uh, that's the one that gives you boosts to defense. Is that grit? I forget which one. 
Grit, grit makes it so that you can't be, like, staggered out of an attack animation. Right, like, grit is, like, the perfect for the samurai, right? Like, be standing your ground, waiting for your opponent to make his move, and then, boom, you strike. Um, yep. That's what I think of with, with that. And that'll be, like, your classic two-hand-on-the-sword stance, sword in front of you, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, whereas the Bushido is more like, here's my sword, I have it above my head, you know, just with one arm out, just kind of waiting for you to make, you know, to... You make a yeah. move and then I'll just dodge and roll behind you and give a quick stab, um, deal bleeding damage. Lots of bleeding uh, would be like part of that. Um, yeah. So not a ton of damage, like death by a thousand cuts kind of a Exactly, thing. exactly. Death Get by a, a thousand quick cuts. quick hits in and then roll away. Yep, roll away. Maybe maybe the Bushido comes with like a, um, like a smoke ability where oh, you kind of yeah. throw smoke at your feet to kind of, and it'll give them like, I don't know if they're, yeah, there is blind, right? Um... I think there's something like that. That's like a status effect, but like something like that for like momentarily so you could roll out of the way, get in a different position because it's all about positioning. You deal Mm -hmm. more damage and more critical damage from behind or from advantageous positioning. Um, And then like you could have the samurai be more again about defense and heavy hitting, dealing that that one massive blow. That's kind of how I how I envision envision that one. So that that was my idea. All right, sign me up. You you've had a lot of really good recommendations here. Big fan of, sign, of these. Recs let's let's so get them done, man. Let's get them done. You could add right, you could add all new armor too. Like you could add a whole samurai set of armor, like like super light. Yeah, like you could you could like yeah, like you could take or, those influences. Or extra heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah! All right, go ahead. Do your outro. Well, thank you all so much for listening to Action Wars this week. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave us a like, comment. If you're listening on a podcast service, thank you so much, first and foremost. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you leave us a review. It means a lot. Helps us out a ton. We will be back in just a few short days for episode 11. Until next time, keep swinging that samurai sword. (laughs) Shing!